Hello and welcome back to Roll On Gaming. This is a really exciting time to be in the Star Wars Unlimited fandom. But before we get into all of that, my name is Kevin and joining me as always is my brother Corwin. How are you today, Corwin? Yeah, you said it, man. Exciting times indeed. We got a lot to talk about today. We have so much to talk about. We're going to jump right into it because I did not get the memo that June 27th was Christmas. I didn't get that memo, but that's <laughs> what it felt like when FFG dropped the Star Wars Unlimited quick start rules right in our laps and then had a stream about it the same day. I mean, talk about a, a, a deluge of information right at our fingertips. Yeah, man. Um, really, really awesome release and super exciting that we have the rules in our hands now. We can actually understand how the game is played. It's great. It's great. And it's going to be great. So great to talk about all these things within the lens of, oh, hey, this is how this works. So we're just going to get right into it. Because, again, there's so much to go through. We don't want to be here for hours on end. Uh, but just forgive forgive me if, if I get any rules wrong as we go along here. Uh, I did see these for the first time on Tuesday. So we're still digesting a little bit. But in the meantime, here we go. We're going to start with the basic setup of how you're going to play Star Wars Unlimited. And this is wild because you go from nothing to said, okay, here's a base and here's a leader and you're going to have some cards. So now we get to see how the game board is going to shape up. Now, a couple things of note here. Your deck, 50 cards. You can have up to three cards of, of each in your deck, in that deck of 50 cards. Uh, and one, probably one of the most interesting things to me that I want to get into right away is the fact that your resources in this game are cards from your hand. I think that's a really, really cool mechanic. What do you think? It's yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting mechanic. Um, love how you glossed over this new R two art, by the way, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> Priorities, man. Priorities. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, no, I think the uh, the cards as resources. It's going to be interesting because um, obviously you're building your deck with your fifty cards with the intent of each of those cards bringing some kind of value as you're devising your strategy as to what your deck's going to be accomplishing. And so having to devote some of those cards that may contribute to that strategy as resources, instead of actually deploying them on the field is definitely an interesting way to go. I do think it's better than just making it random. So I'm very glad they didn't do that. Uh, but, uh, but only a six card hand to start and two of those are going to be resources right away. So early on in the game, going to be a limited a little bit more limited on options yeah I, th I think that's going to make for a lot of strategy a lot of important decision making right from the get-go and i love that i think it's great i think the way that they've built in sort of the resource mechanic to flow with the rest of the game as you mentioned six card hand you put two down at the start of the game so you've got a four card hand if you're going to be limited in what you're playing the first uh the first round anyway so why not take those cards that are probably going to be dead cards within your hand and use them to further your your win condition. You know the fact that you're allowed three of each card in a deck means that if you get one of your your heavy hitters in an early hand, uh, it's not going to hurt you too much to put that one down as a resource. Like okay, I'm going to draw this again a little bit later. We're cool if I just use this now because I can't afford it uh, at this current time. And then, you know, when you draw back up, you're drawing two cards. And then potentially resourcing one out of your hand, so you're not you're not refilling your hand, um, but it does give you a way to, to sort of 
continue that sort of method of, hey, what is the most useful stuff in my hand? Let's make sure I keep that. And then the rest of it can go towards paying for these things that I have. And I think that the, all, the way that all works together is really unique and fun. It's a little bit like Lorcana. Uh, I don't know if you've seen how Lorcana is played, but it's sort of the same principle. Uh, you ink cards from your hand. Um, this is it, pretty much the same thing, except you can you can put down any card, which again, makes it a lot more flexible. Yeah, I mean, I think the three cards, uh, up to three cards per, per um, or, or th limit three cards is, is an important point, just because, yeah, I mean, if you've got duplicates of things that you intend to pull later and that are later game cards anyway, that, that might make some sense. Um, but yeah, I, I just, again, it, having, having your options be a little bit more limited at the, at the get-go, you're essentially starting with a four-card hand. Even Destiny was five. So that, that part is very interesting to me. And then the option to add a resource, it's not mandatory. It, even though it's mandatory in the first turn it's not mandatory after that so that will add another element to strategy as to you know it seems like you're going to want to build up resources early and pretty much do that in the early rounds always but I, I guess that also depends on what your deck's doing um and it just continuously means that your hand size will only um you know grow kind of gradually unless you have draw mechanics in there so um i yeah i, I think i think overall it's 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 a really strong design and and um will we'll again open up a lot of strategy elements um, but i am curious to see how it plays out in practice because you know in some cases it's going to feel really bad you know putting those cards away as resources early that you may not end up finding again even if they are you know three copies in your deck yeah and and i think a little bit of that is also going to be mitigated by the mulligan rule right it's a full hand mulligan mm -hmm. it's not like destiny where you're keeping the cards you want and getting rid of the rest um, I think that the resourcing mechanic is sort of dummy proof in the sense that even if you get um, uh, a dead hand at the beginning or something that, you know, you're not necessarily stoked about, uh, those cards can always be used to sort of build you up, which I think is great. The other thing I don't want to gloss over on this page before we move forward is we've now seen our first base. Uh, there were several bases sort of seen within this document. Uh, and then again, in the in the live stream, uh, that FFG provided. Um, we're not going to get too deep into, into what they are here because they're all essentially um, the same card. It's a 30 HP base uh, with different aspect icons that we'll get into uh, in a little bit. Um, but if you're interested in seeing some of the really cool artwork that's on these bases, we definitely encourage you to go to the Star Wars Unlimited website, check out the rules, read them for yourself, uh, get a, a better sense of how to play this game because... I gotta tell you, Gen Con's coming. Gen Con's coming, and then and 2024 is right around the corner after that. So hopefully we're gonna be getting a lot more chances to uh, to see this game in action as we get a little bit closer to the end of the year here. Oh, we definitely will. And obviously, you know, they revealed that part of their intent with releasing the rules now was to give us a chance to digest them ahead of Gen Con. So um, I, I think that's it's it's great to have them in our hands. Obviously, I am. I am curious about the bases because we've kind of seen, you know, four basically identical ones, like you said, with different aspect icons. So I, I do want to see if there's going to be any variety to those down the line, if they're going to add any, you know, maybe cool abilities or features to certain bases or adjust some of the, the health pool. Um, but for now, we've just got four, you know, standard 30 health locations. And 
maybe that's what we get for starters or for set one, but um, I, there, there's definitely a lot to play with there. It seems like a big sandbox they can play in for bases. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll see some variety in the future. Yeah. I fully expect them to do that. But, um, but anyway, we'll keep going here. Uh, again, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to get to and we don't want to get caught up in one particular thing or another. Uh, I do think it's important to take a look at the overall scope of a card here. Uh, just sort of the layout, the anatomy, if you will. Um, before we get into that, though, the top of this page, very important, and something that I really like as a game mechanic, units entering play exhausted. Uh, this is sort of a sleeping sickness mechanic that has been in a lot of games. Um, it's, it's almost more or less guaranteeing that, you know, if you play something on in an early round, you're going to be able to use it no matter what. You're going to get use out of it. Um, I really like this. I think it's sort of... Um, makes the game more interesting and makes your strategy levels, uh, your strategy decisions rather, uh, that much more uh, of something that you should need to think about. What do you think about this uh, this units entering play exhausted mechanic? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm going to be all for anything that adds more strategy to the game and having to think ahead and sequence properly, knowing that you're not going to be able to use your units right away is um, is definitely something that I would prefer to just having them kind of come in ready to go. Although worth noting that the leaders come in ready to go. So that's certainly something that I think will be adding to their power. But but no, it's it it's consistent with what we've seen in other games, as you said. It makes a lot of sense to have it set up that way. And um I again it opens up potential value for other units in the game that maybe don't have that. You know, I'm sure there'll be some type of mechanic where there can you know they can sort of get around that that exhausted requirement and you know if not now then later so uh, this is kind of the starting point but I, th I think it's good to have have that sort of um that that rest period ahead of time and and then you just take it from there yeah totally and and so now we've got we've got unit cards as a whole here we understand how everything works um everybody sort of speculated and was correct about resource cost about power uh, power versus attack it's essentially the same thing and about hp um, those were all sort of you know easily digestible things that would be on on a card if you're familiar with tcgs i think the big uh obviously the big things that are that are unique about uh these unit cards in star wars unlimited uh is twofold one obviously it's either going to be a ground unit or a space unit um it's going to say right at the top whether it's ground or space so there's going to be no confusion which is great uh, and then again, those aspect icons uh, that are going to be so important in deck building and in paying uh, for your units and your events and your upgrades uh, and everything else you're doing within Star Wars Unlimited. Um, I really want to just touch on aspect icons as a whole uh, once we get there, but because I think it's tremendous. Um, so we'll move on, but that's essentially what a card looks like. Uh, and then we, we go on to a, a layout of the arenas here. And again, this is a this is one of those where, you know, you're looking at four cards that we haven't seen before and two bases that we haven't seen before, which is great. Um, I there was a little bit of speculation on the stream about uh, which side is going to be appropriate for for players as they're placing their ground and space uh, units. Uh, obviously, the player with initiative wherever they place a unit first, that's where that that arena is going to be. I, I don't really think there's going to be a better way to do that. Um, so if you really, if you really want your space units on the left and your ground units on the right or vice versa, you better win the initiative role, I guess. I don't know what else to tell you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that seems like a very minor issue to uh, to address. But this is a uh, yeah. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a little bit different with the two arenas, and it sounds like they're going to be well. I don't know. It, it sounds it, 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 there's some interesting takeaways I think from the stream in the sense that they they kind of alluded to the fact that space was going to be a little bit less efficient than ground. And I'm, I think we'll get into that as we progress through our, our cast here, but, um, but certainly going to be curious to see what is more favored. I, it sounds like it's going to be ground though, just based on some of these initial kind of re reveals that we've had so far. Well, and I think power level is relative, right? I mean, you know, you look at, you look at with this upside down card over here. It's this little tile end fighter. You know, it's got hmm. it's got two power, it's got one HP, but it only costs you one. And it's only got one mm -hmm. aspect icon, right? You can you can fill your your um you can fill your space arena with these. And sure, you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna do a ton, but you know, at the end of the day, if you've got three resources and you're putting three units on uh, into the battlefield, uh and into the space arena, all of a sudden your opponent who might be focused on ground is going, Well shoot, that's you know, six damage to my base a turn. You know, maybe there's something I have to I have to do in space that's going to prevent me from having to deal with that. Um, you know, I I, I think that it's going to depend a lot on some of these archetypes. You know, obviously, uh, in Star Wars lore, if you will, Tie Fighter is a little bit more of a glass cannon than X wings, and we've already seen this this example of the Alliance X wing uh, is a uh, two three. You know, which is a lot better than a one-two. Uh, you know, if if an X-wing goes up against a Tie Fighter, the X-wing's not gonna be destroyed, and the Tie Fighter is. It does cost two, though. It does cost two, exactly. So for the price of two Tie Fighters, you're getting an X-wing. So which which side of that is better? I guess it just sort of depends on how you value your resources and value um, overwhelming in one area or another. Um, but you know, if 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 you're dedicating a lot of your resources to some of these more sexy more um interesting units in the in the ground arena you know that could be a strategy too you know we have to keep in mind i mean we've seen such a small percentage of the full pie when it comes to the 252 cards that are in the first set of star wars unlimited and it seems like a lot of these are starters are starter deck cards right so there's going to be added complexities to everything uh, there's going to be stuff that we learn about both arenas um, before we can make sort of a final um, a final judgment on how this first quote-unquote meta uh, is defined and in what arena most of the battles are being fought in. Yeah, no, no question. No, no question. Um, but I'll, I'll be curious to see as more cards are revealed how the, the resource cost ratio kind of stacks up with ground versus space because it feels like um, there's going to be a, a bit of a discrepancy there in terms of what you're getting for um, for for the resource costs in space versus ground. So I, I think that's that's something to keep an eye on for sure. And, and also we have this uh, really neat looking Yoda here, Kevin. I really like this card a lot. Oh, it is it is a very good looking card. Um, I'll, I, I'll scroll up a little bit here, um, uh, to take a look at, at this, at this sort of new, uh, new spoiler that we've got either advertently or inadvertently. It's not really a word. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a, this is a, uh, a ground unit.
that has two different aspect icons. I believe that's Vigilance and Heroism. Um, if I remember my aspect icons correctly, we'll check that in a bit. Uh, three costs for a 2-4 Force Jedi. Uh, restore 2, the Restore keyword was a new one that uh, that we learned on Tuesday. Yes. Which I think is a pretty strong mechanic when, uh, Love you, it. when you're Love looking it. at cards here. Uh, when this unit attacks, you heal 2 damage from your base. Seems good. Uh, especially considering now we know that all bases have 30 HP. Uh, so that too is probably going to you know pay dividends the longer Yoda stays in the ground arena. Uh, and then when Yoda is defeated, you choose any number of players and they each draw a card. Now that could be you. That could be both you and your opponent. Um, there's definitely been discussions about how Yoda is a multiplayer character. Um, so mm -hmm. something to think about here because you know this uh, this Yoda it seems like a, a decent a decent value for three resources. Based on what else we've seen, yes, I would agree. And love, love, love the restore mechanic. As someone who played a bunch of shields and heals in Destiny, this is music to my ears. Um, just love to see it. And I think it's great that we've got, we've got that existing in the game. Uh, and it's Yoda. It makes sense, right? He, this is what he does. He's, um, he's a wizened old master. And he's going to go in there and he's going to, He's going to heal things up for you. Well, at least this version of Yoda. But we'll, we'll go ahead true, and move on true. <laughs> uh, to, another, to another interesting card that we got. Another Vigilance card here. This is an event. Uh, this is called Vanquish for five cost, uh, which is pretty wild. But, you know, it does seem like a really good um, ability to have, which is defeat a non-leader unit. I mean, that's it. That's, that's all you get for five resources. And, you know, depending on your non-leader unit, you know, again, I don't know that this is necessarily worth getting rid of Yoda. Um, but if you're getting rid of, you know, uh, they they did sort of tease uh, on the uh, they did sort of tease on the stream that there were star destroyers coming, uh, which got me all hot and bothered, uh, which uh -huh. is really great. Um, so if you're paying five to get rid of a star destroyer, in theory, that sounds like a pretty good trade off to me. Yeah, and to me as well. And I'm sure we'll see other very powerful non-leader units as we get through the set. So yeah, seems seems good. Five is. A lot to get to. I mean, just going back to our initial discussions, that means you're not playing this card until what turn four. So, um, I mean, unless you're unless there are other things that are bringing resources out faster for you. So, it's it's definitely a, a late later stage type of card, but could be very very tide turning depending on how it's used. But also, like, do you really want to be playing this before turn four? Like, is there anything that gives you the value of what you'd be trying to defeat? before turn four when your opponent has the same amount of resources theoretically that you do. I feel yeah, like, I mean, I feel like it's, that's the question. it's balanced in a way that you, you can get it only in the late game and that's the only time you'd really want. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just depends on how, how the ramp is going to work in this game. And if there are going to be ways to accelerate resource generation, accelerate deployment of units and things like that. Um, but but generally agree it's something you don't want early and um, and can be very powerful late. Here's another card that you don't want early, because uh, this this got me excited. Vader's <laughs> lightsaber. So upgrades are back first and foremost. Upgrades are back. They're very similar to how they were in Star Wars Destiny, where they attach to a unit. Um, this one is specifically a non-vehicle unit, which makes a, a whole lot of sense. You're not going to see a tank with a lightsaber. Uh, you're not going to see a TIE Fighter with a lightsaber uh, unless you're watching Andor. Spoiler alert. Um, 
But uh, aside from that, you know, this is going to work in the exact same way. It's going to give you a buff to your unit. It's going to go away when your unit is defeated. Uh, that's all we know about it at this point, whether there's a, quote, redeploy. Um, I'm doing a lot of air quotes today, a tractor beam. Um, but uh, this is uh, this is something that's really exciting because, um, you know, you, you're getting, you're paying two here and you're getting plus three, plus one, which already pretty decent value. But then if you're getting this on Vader, you're already, you're dealing four additional damage to a ground unit. So do you want this early? Eh. You know, plus three, plus one for two. I don't know sort of how that curve is going to end up working out. But plus three, plus one, plus four damage when you're Vader leader or a potential Vader unit that's not a leader uh, gets put into play later in the game. Now that's a spicy meatball. I've, I'm I'm <laughs> all about this. Spicy meatball. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it seems like for now, unless and until we see a Vader unit, this is something that really wouldn't even be usable until Vader's deployed as your leader, right? So um, I guess we'll we'll see how that ends up playing out. But for two resources, it definitely seems like a very strong card. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, a lot of my judgment is going to be tinted by the fact that this is more of a villainous it's type Vader. card. I just did yes. air quotes again. I don't understand what I'm doing here. We're just going like this the whole show. So it's, you love you your know, hand gestures. Yeah. Liquid, you got to lean into it, man. You got to own your truth. Liquid hot magma. Okay, anyway, uh, which is coincidentally where Vader ended up. But we move forward. Uh, so we're going to keep going here, and we're going to look at the the timing of attacks. So this is this is something whenever you're playing a card game, timing matters. And this lays it out all for you. You exhaust your attack, attacker. You either choose to attack a unit or a base. Now, that's important because... Before we, you and I were speculating, okay, you know, what other things can you do in terms of attacking? You know, are there actions that you're going to be taking? Are there, is there defending that you can do? And the answer to that question is no, you're not going to be defending your base. Your opponent is either going to attack your units or it's going to attack your base. Uh, and there's really nothing you can do about it except, except for this handy uh, new keyword, Sentinel. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and move to the keywords page because I think it's important that we talk about those uh, because Sentinel uh, is really interesting. Uh, enemy units in the same arena, ground or space, as this unit cannot attack your Sentinel units in this arena or your non-Sentinel units in this arena or your base. If you have multiple units with Sentinel in the same arena, your opponent may choose which of these units to attack. So basically, it's... It's like, uh, you know, you shall not pass. It's like Gandalf. You know, you have to get through the Sentinel units to hit the base, which on its own seems like a pretty strong mechanic, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, it, it reminds me just a little bit of, of the Guardian mechanic in Destiny, uh, which was used to some degree and, and in some cases, strong effect. I can't see there being well actually that's not true i i think that there were there were some powerful characters even in destiny that had guardian and so we could see that here too i think typically we would probably see some some more minor units having this keyword um and so you you would just kind of like it's like you know your pawns and chess like throwing those weaker pieces up in front and sacrificing them for the greater good so 
like that, that's kind of where I see this landing for the most part, but who knows? I mean, maybe we get a, a massive beefy Sentinel at some point that just kind of acts as a tank. Um, and that could be really, really strong. So I, I like that it's in the game. I really do. And, um, and I think that there's probably ways to just kind of like build up, you know, build up your wall, um, and, and keep your base protected at all costs. But, you know, are you sacrificing strength of units for that? It's just, it'll be an interesting uh, trade-off just to, just to see how that plays out. Well, hold that thought, Corwin, because we're going to see a unit with Sentinel later on in the podcast. But oh, before, wonderful. But before we get to that, I do want to point out the foil to Sentinel, which is also mentioned in the, in the attack page that we'll go back to in just a moment, and that's Saboteur. Now, Saboteur mm. is a really interesting one because when a Saboteur unit attacks, it either ignores the Sentinel keyword on enemy units, or it defeats all shield tokens on the defender, or both, before dealing damage, which is uh, crazy. Um, I guess it actually can't do both, because if you're attacking the unit, then it would get rid of the shield token, and if you're attacking the base, then it would go through the sentinel and hit the base. So again, I'm still learning the rules, as you can see. Um, but Saboteur is another one where, you know, it, you have to imagine that there's going to be um, a decent balance of, of these maybe more useful abilities and the power level of some of these characters, because I don't know if I can imagine a, a really, you know, heavy hitting unit, be it leader or otherwise, that has saboteur that doesn't have some sort of drawback because otherwise, I mean, you'd just be, you'd just be crashing into your opponent's base every chance you got. Yeah. On the surface, it definitely seems like a pretty powerful mechanic to, to employ um, for, for a unit just to be able to bypass all of these things that are that are designed into the game to be, you know, protective uh, aspects for your base. So it feels like this will probably be present among units on a more limited scale. And just thematically, you know, maybe we'll see this more with your, your like rogue or scoundrel type characters. Um, but again, the fact that it exists in the game at all, I think is fantastic. And uh, it definitely seems again on the surface it it it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty pretty strong to go in there with a saboteur and just um basically cut through everything defense wise that your opponent has and, and get straight to their base especially you know later in the game as you're trying to you know get to the get those final damage in like seems good seems great and so again we go back to the timing so you choose what you're attacking then sentinel triggers then saboteur will trigger after that um uh raid is mixed in there as well and then after those trigger then restore goes uh and then the on attack abilities go after that which there are some of those and then you deal damage so just something to keep in mind uh as you're attacking with a unit is that you know, there are going to be there's sort of going to be this hierarchy and that's good because that 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 wasn't always um so clearly outlined uh, in other games, but this one it, it seems to be very clear. You've got a you've got an established order, uh, and off you go, and you're dealing damage, which is great. Uh, we love to see it. I want to move ahead to leaders here. Um, there's a page on leaders, and we we have a pretty decent understanding of what a leader does, right? Um, you know, you you have this this horizontal version of your leader. Uh, it's got an ability that you use when you have gathered enough resources to use the epic action. You can choose when to deploy. Your leader, it comes out ready, which is different, as you mentioned, um, from all your other units, which come in exhausted. 
Um, and then you can, are free to attack and take actions with your leader in that specific arena. What we didn't know, and what I think is really interesting, is that when your unit leader is defeated, they go back to being just a leader. So they're not removed from the, the board. They're not removed from the battlefield. You get your leader back. And then in, in future rounds, uh, after the regroup phase, you can go back to using that ability again. Now, you can't redeploy into the ground or space arena uh, because you've already used your epic action for the game. But you still get your leader back and you still get a chance to use that ability as the game progresses, uh, even in the later stages, which I think is awesome because, you know, all these leaders are sp supposedly going to be, you know, iconic characters uh, in the Star Wars universe. Uh, and here you are, you know, you deploy it and then it, it may get focused down in like a round. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's it. Now I don't have Vader on my side anymore. No, you still do. You still do. You just have him as a leader for the rest of the game. That's really cool. Yeah, and and I, I would hope that it would be that way, given that you're building your entire deck around these leaders and bases. They should stay in until the end, and they and they are. Um, and so, yeah, I think timing is going to be critical, as everyone's been saying, for when you use that epic action, so that you can get the most out of your leader when he's actually on the battlefield or she's on the battlefield. Uh, it doesn't seem like... Well, I guess it I guess it depends on on context, you know, and and game situation, but it, it doesn't seem like those leaders will stay on the uh, battlefield for long. Their abilities will probably be very powerful. You're having to expend a lot of resources to get them out. So, um it you know, their presence will be short-lived, but it seems like it, that presence is intended to be game-changing in one way or another. And so um the fact that you can have these, as you said, iconic characters with very powerful game-changing abilities when they hit the table is like so Star Wars, isn't it? It's just like it's it's the thing that we all just want and hope for when we're when we're playing with our favorite characters. So I, I think it's a fantastic mechanic and um choosing a leader is uh <laughs> if I know anything from from Destiny, Kevin, it's it's going to be crippling for you <laughs> to choose who you're going to play. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm already having palpitations just trying to think about it because, yep. you know, yep. I, I, <laughs> we know, we know at least at the beginning, it's going to be a villain. Um, whether mm -hmm. that's Vader or, you know, we haven't seen how many leaders are in the full set, how many of them are villains, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it's it's weird with the aspect icons. There is sort of the concept of heroes and villains, but not always. Um, it just depends, and, and that's literally the next thing that we're going to. But yeah, I I, I foresee myself having a lot of trouble um, figuring out which leaders I'm going to want to dive into because it's something that you're going to get to use the whole game. And so that's really exciting. Um, so, I mean, again, on the surface right now, you know, it's Vader. And, you know, it, it, at Gen Con, it's going to be Vader as many times as I can get it. Um, and so we will uh, we'll see what other sort of villainous, um, again with the air quotes, uh, villainous things that, uh, that come out uh, in the future. Um, and that's sort of going to be determined by the aspect icons. Now, this is probably one of my favorite pages of the entire uh, Quick Start Rules. Um, because this is how you build your deck, right? You build your deck with the aspect icons that are listed here. Vigilance, which is blue. 
aggression, which is red, heroism, which I guess is white or gray. I'm not sure. Probably white. Probably white. Uh, command is green. Cunning is orange. And villainy is black. And, of course, villainy is black. And aggression is red. And vigilance is blue. And cunning, I guess, reminds me of the yellow cards in Star Wars Destiny. Yes. Uh, you know, heroism, who knows? It could be gray or, or whatever. Um, and then command, I guess, is the, the green was just what was left. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is really exciting uh, because they basically told us that your leader is going to have two aspect icons on it. Uh, and your base is going to have a third aspect icon on it. Uh, and those cards are going to determine what cards you put in your deck to a point, right? Because uh, there is a thing that is that is also in the game that is called the Aspect Penalty. And this allows you to play any card you want in your deck for a price. So if you don't have an Aspect Icon on uh, in your deck and on your leader or on your base uh, that, that is on a card in your deck... You have to pay two extra resources for every missing aspect icon. Now, one awesome idea. Uh, I think it's really cool that they did this um, because it does allow a lot of flexibility one way or another. Um, the other side of that is there. there's a little bit of a caveat in how aspect icons work. And I did catch it pretty quickly um, and it, when as, as I was reading through these rules and... It's right here in the middle where a card with two of the same icon does cost extra, which I don't know how I feel about that. I think, you know, I think that, one, we haven't seen that yet. So these cards that have double aspect of one kind, in this case, it's the two Vigilance, um, you know, they could be really powerful and really worth sort of, quote unquote, limiting yourself um, within your deck building. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those where it's like, to me, if you've got blue or if you've got green or if you've got red or black or white or orange, you should just be able to play those cards. If they have that, that icon, I, I you know, I, I, I will, I will reserve my opinion for when we get a double aspect card, um, to see sort of the power level that makes that worth it. Um, but again, even if it's not worth it. You can still pay for it. You just have to pay the extra resources. Or you bring um, a leader slash base that gives you two icons. Right. And, yeah, you know, obviously that's going to limit you a little bit more in your deck building because you're you're taking up, you know, two slots uh, with the same icon. But it, it's it's doable. And if the card is good enough or there's multiple cards that are good enough, it could very well be worth it. I think as the card pool expands that might be a strategy that becomes more and more viable uh, because there will be these additional, you know, two, two of the same aspect icon options, but then also just more of each individual car um, cards for each individual icon in general. So, you know, more cards equals more options, only a 50 card deck, you know, every set has 225, 250. Yeah. You're going to have plenty of, of options to go on. So, I don't, I don't actually think it's that limiting. Um, it might be more so, you know, early on like this where we only have one set to work with, but as things progress, I don't think it's going to feel as bad, uh, but totally agree with all your points on the aspect icons. It's, it's a really, really cool feature of the game. And I think it, it is definitely a big W 
that they made it so that there is a way to play cards outside of your different icons that you're bringing, even if there is a penalty for it. It, it again, just allows for so much more creativity and deck building than you would have otherwise. And I'm all for that. So I think it's a great addition to the rules. And more theme, right? More theme. Like if there's, if you're playing a Vader deck and there's a card in Vigilance that, that fits with Vader, um, you know, I mean, we saw, we saw the Vanquish card, you know, earlier in the, in the cast, Mm -hmm. you know, if, you know, that has a, that has a very clear image of Force Lightning. If you have a Force user that doesn't have Vigilance and you want to get it in, go for it. You just have to pay extra for it. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I can foresee myself playing a lot of uh, black, red, green in the early uh, in the early meta uh, to start with, but I guess we'll find out. Uh, you know, maybe there'll be maybe maybe there'll be some black, red, blue that I can get in, but I, I have to feel like there's going to be a lot of aggression and villainy in my future. The other reason that I love this page is because we now know what shield and expertise tokens are. And that was big because you know when we mm-hmm. were discussing Luke in the first episode, uh, which was actually the fifty seventh episode, but we don't let's not go there. Um, <laughs> we didn't know how shields work, and now we know that a shield absorbs an entire source of damage and then is defeated, which to me makes Luke way more interesting, like exponentially so. Yeah, shields in general, um, just the ability to wipe out any single damage source. I I mean, unless you're kind of pinging for one or, or two or something, you know, maybe it feels, feels worse at that point. Um, or if there are like AOE damage cards, it can kind of take care of something like that for cheap, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, the Vader's lightsaber card we saw earlier, you know, it's going to come in with four damage. Oh no, my shield's going to absorb all that. Seems good. Uh, seems pretty good. Yeah. It <laughs> seems good. Uh, and then you have saboteurs that can get underneath shields. So um, a lot of give and take and and ways to to sort of circumvent these different mechanics. Um, all adds to the strategy. But yeah, shields definitely seem like they'll be a really fun way to, to play um, if you're trying to go for super tanky defensive builds, which, you know, I love to do. Um, and uh, and so I'll, I'll definitely be be playing around with that quite a bit <laughs> and just just stylistically, it, it kind of fits the mold. Um, but uh, really happy to see that they're, they seem to, to, to definitely pack a lot of punch in terms of a mechanic and, and strength of a mechanic. So I'll, I'll be interested to, again, just see how that actually plays out in practice. Yeah, I, I can foresee a lot of Vader versus Luke matchups in our early future. Um, as you, they're the starter. They're the they're the starter leaders. I mean, as you, how could you, as not you figure that? out your tanking strategy, and I figure out my take over the universe strategy. It's going to be great. Yes. Um, and then we also learned about experience tokens, which are a plus one plus one to your unit. Um, there's no uh, there's no ruling here that says you know how many experience tokens a unit can have. I can't imagine it's um, it's super restrictive because they are all defeated once the unit's defeated. Uh, they don't transfer, obviously. Um, so there's definitely a world where your unit could have a plus five, plus five. And, you know, that's something we've seen in other games like Magic the Gathering. Um, so that's not something that should surprise anybody, but obviously really cool. Uh, we've already seen that mechanic in play uh, with cards like Wing Leader uh, that were spoiled early on. And then we have more keywords. We've already seen a little bit of this page. You may have already uh, glossed over it uh, yourselves. 
<laughs> glossary glossed over get it all right i'm done there you um, go he's on his game tonight but, folks but there are some there are some new keywords that we learned which is pretty great um and the first one of course being ambush ambush is back long live ambush uh but this is obviously a little different um ambush in star wars unlimited uh means that after you play a unit it may ready and attack an enemy unit um that unit does not ready if there are no enemy units to attack um so obviously it does feel like ambush is going to be uh something that's pretty strong in the late game as you're trying to delete some things off the board um yeah, there you go. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier. Like, is there a way to get around the exhausted mechanic? This is it. You've got ambush cards in the game. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw this this keyword, I thought of an A-Wing. Like, that just feels like an A-Wing mm -hmm. is going to have ambush. Um, so if there's an A-Wing out there that doesn't have ambush, then I'm, I'm going to be sad. But I guess it doesn't matter because I'm not going to be playing heroes anyway. So, ha! Uh, <laughs> we also have Overwhelm which uh, works just uh, in a similar way to Magic the Gathering's Trample. Um, if a unit deals damage to an enemy unit, the excess damage is dealt to the opponent's base. Um, so it doesn't deal it to other units, it deals it to the base, which again, I think is is a really cool mechanic there. Um, you know, it's going to have some of those high value, um, those high attack, maybe low defense uh, or low HP units seeing a lot a lot more value in the sense that yeah they might they might only take one hit and go but if they've got overwhelm you're still getting some hits in on on not just one but two things on your opponent's side of the board for some reason it feels to me like wookies are going to get overwhelmed oh that's what a do good you think one. that's a good one that's a good one no it's interesting because we didn't see a lot of wookies uh in the original trilogy which they do seem to be sticking to a little bit again we've only seen Theoretically, yeah. starter cards, so they're they they could definitely branch out and and you know get uh you know get Tarful in there and you know some stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Wookies would be would be a great uh a great source of overwhelm, I think. And then you know if you get if you get creatures involved, maybe something like a Rancor, um that could be mm -hmm. something that has overwhelm. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Definitely going to be a cool and interesting mechanic and also adds adds again to the strategy like you want to play a bunch of low cost units that are you know small small defense pools good luck good luck getting around trample yeah, yeah we'll or just, overwhelmed we'll sorry just, we'll just overwhelm you. you had flashbacks to your magic the gathering day so no uh oh boy yeah let's, <laughs> let's not go chasing for the one ring uh but uh we went through the, the the majority of the rest of these the only other one that's on here that we haven't seen is shielded uh, which uh, is a free shield token when you play the unit, which that's Love great. Uh, I can't Love wait it. for Droidicas. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Droidicas. Droidicas are going to be shielded, and you and you know it's true. Uh, but that, oh, yeah. shielded does feel to me like something that's going to be used a lot more in the space arena, um, especially, you mm. know, especially on the uh, on the side of, of the heroic vehicles. Um, you, you know, you're going to get a lot more, um, things. Uh, okay. Well, I can, I can take a hit with this because shields are built into the ship as you know, as it would normally be. You're not going to see a lot of tie fires with shielded. It's not going to do it. No, definitely not. They have, they're, they're one health little baby ships They're They're not going to have shields, but tie swarms are coming. So be ready. Uh, it's happening. They might overwhelm too. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, they, they'll overwhelm just by how quickly they'll get defeated, but that's okay. But that's okay because uh more will pop up and uh 
Every one head you cut off, two more will take its place. Hail Hydra. Uh, so aside oh, from all that, um, really, really exciting quick start rules reveal. Um, it's so, so awesome to finally have an understanding of how this game works. Uh, it's great that, you know, we got to see some spoilers and we got some more spoilers that we're going to talk about in a second. But do you have any final thoughts on just the rules itself uh, and how, you know, and how they were received and, and just thoughts about the game? Honestly, I love the simplicity of it. I, I don't think this is a complicated game to to learn and to understand. I think they are really reaching all audiences with this with this setup, and I love that. the The more accessible we can make this, the better. And an easy way to turn people off is just to throw out a very complicated rule book. This is not that. This is this is very simple and streamlined and easy to understand, and at the same time as all of that is true, you have a design that is so rich with creativity in, the, in terms of the way decks can be built. It, it just feels like a complete home run to me. So um, I am, I was already excited to begin with. Obviously, th this reveal has just enhanced that so much further. And I think it's you know they were saying on the stream oh we're, we're the average game is 10 to 20 minutes i mean can you believe that like that that is just if you want to hook people if you really want to hook people into this like just give them easy rules fast gameplay and just you know get four or five games an hour like yes sign me up for that i think it's just it's just a really really strong start um and, and way to 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 open things up with this game and sure more rules will come more you know sets in the future they'll be adding things on they'll be tweaking things there'll be erratas they'll be whatever but like for now as a, as a as a set one baseline starter set of rules this is fantastic to me i think i think you hit it on the head i think they have ticked all the boxes here to start with i mean and and this this sort of ex expands into just a company strategy as a whole right i mean we have seen such a market improvement in not just an understanding of what's going to um, succeed as a game, right? You know, you talk about there were so many interactions in in something like Destiny or something like the LCG that that players might have found confusing. There doesn't seem to be a ton of that here, right? Everything mm -hmm. is very clearly laid out from the jump, you know. And it's and it's a twenty four page quick start rules, but it's so well laid out that it doesn't feel like it's overwhelming. It doesn't feel like it's too much. Um, and then you know. The, the social media strategy and the online interaction, you know, dropping pieces of art every few days, you know, working with the community to, to, to give out spoilers. The, I mean, we're at least six months away from this game releasing and already content creators are getting to reveal cards and the, the game developers themselves are revealing cards on their own, on, on their social media. And so all of these things, and, and again, and, because there hasn't been a ton of information about it, we've barely scratched the surface on organized play, which mm -hmm. they've been developing since day one. So it really does feel like they're hitting their stride in the way that they're building up this game. And it's going to reach a fever pitch when we get, when we hit Gen Con, because people are finally going to start to be able to get their hands on this game. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully that hype is able to be sustained from the beginning of August until whenever, the set releases in 2024 because right now I couldn't be more hyped. I mean, this is like all I think about. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't see how it's not going to stay that. I mean, if, if nothing else, like you and I will just keep it going, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and as will so many of, of of the other folks who share our excitement and our feelings about what we've seen so far. So exactly, um, definitely agree. This this the the strategy for the rollout and the resources that have been developed for this game already are giving it a different feel than what we've seen before. I think from FFG Star Wars games and and that. I think alone is a reason for excitement. It's a reason for excitement. It's a reason for optimism. Again, if you haven't seen these rules in their entirety, please uh, go to the uh, Star Wars Unlimited website. Check them out. They're right there to be downloaded. I downloaded them to my computer. I downloaded them to my phone. Uh, I've got them everywhere I can, so I can just keep looking at them. Uh, there are already a lot of great resources and great podcasts out there talking about uh, the rules, doing a full deep dive on them. Uh, and there are other podcasts that are getting a chance uh, to reveal cards and so we'll we'll take a look at some of those here um, but first we have to get to what was a really fun reveal from the folks at unlimited that dropped i am your father on father's day now this was awesome yes. uh because you know we're at we're at brunch with producer pops and i'm and you know i'm leaning over and i'm like did you see the new unlimited card and it's oh this is awesome uh so i am your father three cost uh villainy uh, gambit event now what a gambit is well, we don't know. It doesn't affect the way that this card is played, but it may affect other cards that do reference it, which is really cool. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. But this card just drips, oozes flavor, right? This card says deal seven damage to an enemy unit. First of all, whoa, seven damage for three resources. Everybody pumps yeah. this. That's crazy. But there's a caveat, and the caveat is actually really fun. Uh, you deal seven damage to an enemy unit unless its controller says no. If they do, draw three cards. Now, obviously, the ability speaks for itself. But what I want to know is, what does this card say about the overall tone of Star Wars Unlimited to you? Because to me, it's it's just really leaning into the fact that card games are fun, and this is something that's that's designed to be just fun. Yeah. Yeah, fun for sure. And yeah, different different language. Um, you know, unless your opponent says no. It's it's not like it's, you know, it the wording of it even is suggesting a more casual tone, I think. Um, and a more playful tone amongst you and your opponent, which I think is is great to uh to to emphasize and propel. Um it, what what a what an interesting kind of uh environment that they're sort of um propagating here with with something like this and and setting the, the stage for more cards like this to exist in this first set and beyond um, so are you so, are you going to are you going to just say no or are you going to go no what, what what are we doing here <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta imitate the luke man you gotta, you gotta let, it, you gotta let it. it out you gotta let it out you I gotta think, let let it rip i think if you're i think if you're I think your, your your board state is going to determine how loudly you say no if you if you think you got it in hand you might have a little bit more fun with it if you're if you feel like you're behind you might just say no uh nah. <laughs> so a really fun card uh we'll go ahead and, and advance here uh to again this is a sentinel card uh this was Something that was dropped before actually the quick start rules came out. So Sentinel was first revealed uh, on the this podcast. And the podcast is uh, Wasi Plays. Uh, it's uh, run by a gentleman named Ross who's really uh, active in the Pokemon community. He's also really excited about the Star Wars Unlimited community. 
Uh, I highly recommend you go check out his content. He's really good at it. Uh, and I spent a lot of time watching him when I was in a Pokemon. Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, but this is a Cloud City Wing Guard. Uh, no other abilities other than Sentinel, which we discussed. But three uh, uh, Vigilance, three for a 2-4. Um, you know, soaking 4 HP. And unless there's a card with Overwhelm, an attack on your base. I mean, this seems... This seems like a staple. It might be a little bit boring, as you were sort of alluding to, but it seems like a a, a boring staple. What are, what do we think? This is yeah. This is precisely the card that I had in mind, or the type of card I had in mind when I was thinking about Sentinel. How you know, first seeing it in the rules? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just kind of like your run of the mill trooper guy. Um, and here he is, and and also he's vigilant, so he's he's not even hero or villain. He's like just this, and you know, being in Cloud City makes sense right but but he's just somebody that can be used either way uh with with vigilance of course and soaks up some damage for you so pretty standard in my view i i really do think there's going to be something with sentinel um you know whether that whether that fosters sort of an idea of well if i just sit back and and protect my base then i'm not doing enough damage to my opponent's base uh that remains to be seen um, I don't know maybe if Sentinel is something that's used in a mill strategy, which we didn't really talk about mill, but mill is interesting because if you run out of cards, every card you Deal draw damage to your base. deals damage to your base. Uh, so you're yep. still losing by your base being destroyed. It's just being destroyed in a unique way, which yep. I think is kind of cool, except for the fact that, you know, don't play mill. Just don't. <laughs> um, but could this be something that's utilized in that strategy to just sort of hang back and protect your base? I don't know. We'll find out. Either way... There, it does seem like there's a lot of design space that Sentinel can explore, which is really exciting. Uh, and then we get to the villain cards. Uh, this is this is another one uh, that Wasi Plays was able to reveal, and this is Viper Probe Droid. Uh, this is not like the Destiny Viper Probe Droid, uh, which is going for obscene amounts of money on the internet right now. Um, but this is a two-cost uh, villainy uh, ground unit. Uh, you you pay two for a three-two, and when Viper Probe Droid is played, you look at an opponent's hand, which is just almost exactly like the Probe card from Destiny. Uh, again, this is another one that just checks all the boxes in terms of flavor, in terms of uh, low cost for decent power, um, and a really cool ability. Um, and it's only one aspect icon, so it can fit in to any number of, of decks that have uh, villainy included. I, I think this card's great. Yeah, this one seems pretty strong. It's for two resources, so it's it's something that can come out immediately and gives you the three power right off the rip plus information. Yep. So I, I think it's it's thematic with the way we've seen probe droids designed in other games, and it also just seems like a very strong open for a villainy player, um, whether it's round one or two. So I, I really like this card. Yeah, yeah. Not not too much more to be said about this. this is a really really solid villain staple um and I, I i foresee this being seen in uh in a decent amount of decks early on uh and then we get to the most recent spoiler which uh the artwork on this is tremendous this was uh this was dropped mm -hmm. very recently uh by our friends over at the space arena ground arena podcast go check them out uh they did a complete rules deep dive uh in addition to dropping this uh this card reveal courtesy of fantasy flight games um this is the Imperial Interceptor. Four resources for a 3-2. Uh, 
Um, it's got three different uh, traits. It's an Imperial vehicle and fighter. Uh, there are two aspect icons, uh, aggression and villainy. So that's something to keep in mind. But a really strong ability that says when played, you may deal three damage to a space unit. I, I mean, <laughs> sign me up. Just sign me up. I mean, put me down for three. Uh, I'm, you know, it does look like it's a common, so put me down for three. I'll get him in. I'll pay for him. However, I have to. This is this is lit. This card is dope. Yeah, I, um, the design of it, the art of it, all very cool. Um, I think it's very interesting, though, for a couple of reasons. It has two aspect icons, so you would have to match up with aggression and villainy to to be able to play this card at the four cost. If you have to pay extra for one of those, it's it's going to get pretty expensive. And and I just just even looking at these cards, these last three spoilers here, you're paying four for this guy to give you three two versus the probe droid at the, where you're paying two to give you a three two, and then you make a determination as to whether the three damage to a space unit is better than looking at an opponent's hand for um, you know the first time that the the droid is played. So you know, going back to the conversation about ground versus space and efficiency of resources here, I, I have I have questions about this. I think this is this is an example of exactly how I you know want to see this this dichotomy play out between the two arenas, and how much more we're going to have to pay for you know equivalent abilities in space. It's unclear um, again how much the, that three damage is going to be worth, especially if your opponent isn't really playing in space as much. Um, but, but certainly, uh, in, in theory, this, this would be a, a really nice card to get down, um, for four in the event that you had a, a really focused space strategy and, and, um, and needed to, to put your opponent at bay. I think I see it a different way. I think because the perceived power curve of space units is a little bit lower, I think that makes this card that much better because it's essentially a space superiority fighter in the sense that three damage would likely be enough to wipe out a ve another vehicle, right? Another space unit. Like, you're you're essentially, when you're playing this, just completely getting rid of a space unit. Again, because of the lower power that we're sort of seeing with these cards. Um, you know, you may not get that with a with a ground unit. I mean, again, we we go back to the to the Cloud City Wing Guard that had four HP. Uh, but the, the X-Wings we've seen have had three. So again, this comes out, you're immediately deleting an X-Wing. Boom, gone. And especially if your opponent isn't focusing a ton on space, now that frees up this interceptor to just swing for three uh, until your opponent can scramble and get another space unit back in. So I, I do think that, yes, there is a little bit of nuance as to where you play this card. And when you play this card, you have to make sure that it's worth your four resources by having your opponent have a space unit there. But if you can, if you can essentially get a two for one here, um, you know, whether it's destroying a unit and swinging into another unit for three and taking that out or destroying a unit and and getting repeated attacks on a base for three i think i think this this only plays into the idea that you know the the space unit may have a, a little bit lower powered units or the space arena may have a little bit lower powered units and this takes advantage of that yeah i mean let, let's be clear I, i'm not making the case necessarily for one over the other yeah. um it, it's it's one of those things where we just have to see the full card pool and the game actually in action before we can make a full determination. But 
Um, if you, you know, just looking at these cards with only the context of what we've seen so far, there, there is a difference to me in resource costs and efficiency between ground and space. And I just am curious to see how that's going to play out and affect gameplay. Well, luckily for you, uh, there's plenty to be curious about. And there's plenty of time to figure it out because uh, we have several months uh, until we uh, actually get Star Wars Unlimited in our hands. And between now and then, we're going to learn so much more about the game. We're going to get to see so many more new cards and we're going to develop this larger understanding of what, a, what the cost curves actually are, what the power curves actually are, what the dichotomy is between space and ground, you know, where you're going to be focusing the majority of your energies and the majority of your resources. Strategies between, you know, defensive or aggressive. We're going to figure out all that. We've got months to do it. I, I wish we didn't. I wish this game was coming out tomorrow. Um, but obviously that's not the case. And, and, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the ride because, um, you know, we're, 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 we're getting to see this gradual buildup, um, as Star Wars Unlimited just sort of ramps up into, you know, further and further detail. And it's really exciting to, to see like, okay, what's the next thing? Like, what's the next thing we're going to learn about this game? And I think that that's either going to take place, uh, at the beginning of August at Gen Con or perhaps even sooner. Yeah, you got to enjoy it, man. This is the only time in the game's existence where we're going to have this moment Yeah, where we just, the, the uncertainty and the, the lack of knowledge and um, just not knowing what cards are next. Like this, the, it, there won't be another time like this in Unlimited's trajectory. So yeah. we, we just, we have to embrace it. We have to enjoy it. As much as we want to see more, we have to uh, just appreciate and embrace what we've received already. And um there's so much here to digest now, and um, I, I mean, I for one am just going to be reading and rereading this rule book, you know, yeah. cover to cover, um, and uh, just getting getting ready for 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 launch. So, yeah, um, it's it. it's awesome to have it in our hands, and and we'll just keep keep adding to it as the weeks go on, and obviously Gen Con will be a big catalyst in in helping us kind of find out more and what else is in store for us with these these uh these starter decks in this this first set yeah you said it man i mean i'm i'm gonna be spending a lot of time on uh on absorbing as much content as i can and learning as much as i can about this game so uh, i would encourage you to do the same um again please go check out the unlimited uh website take a look at these rules download them um go support all the other great content creators that are uh, making content for a game that we don't even half know about yet. Um, you know, we're all just so excited and we're, we're joining that shared excitement. Um, so please, uh, you know, any, any creators that you get a chance to, to consume content from or to listen to or interact from, please feel free to do so. We thank you very, very much uh, for those of you who have been interacting and consuming content from us. Um, we had, a, we had a, a, a great reception to our first video. Thank you so much to all of you who have subscribed, uh, who have watched the first video. Again, uh, all of that is uh, is going to be available on our channel. Uh, but what do you think about these rules uh, and, and all of the reveals that we got this past week? Please feel free to share your comments um, below, and, and we will do our best to, uh, to get to as many of them as we can. Um, again, we really appreciate the patronage. Um, if you're new to the channel, I, I, would, I would ask that you please feel free uh, to like and subscribe because that helps us out a lot. 
Uh, and again, comment down below your thoughts on, on this trajectory of Star Wars Unlimited. And you know what, Corwin? We're just going to keep doing this until the wheels fall off, man. This is this is a lot of fun uh, to be back in this with you. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to learn even more about this great game. Yeah, it's going to be a long ride. You know, we've, we've seem to have a, a, a long runway for Unlimited and what's to come. So, yeah, definitely ready to take it all on. And you and I are going to be here for it every step of the way. So keep tuning in. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you guys again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at Roll on SWD. Um, and again, here on YouTube, where we're going to be putting out the majority of our content. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening and watching and, 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 and joining us on this journey as we learn more about Star Wars Unlimited. That's going to do it for, here for us. For my brother, Corwin, I'm Kevin, signing off.